When I was growing up, I've told a few stories about my younger years, and this is going to be another one. There's quite a few in this little presentation. But when I was growing up, one of my pet hates was when my parents decided to have my Christmas present and my birthday present rolled into one. I hated it. It was awesome when you got to Christmas and you got your present or your birthday and then you got the present and your brother's unwrapping his present and you didn't get anything, so you're just sitting there going, oh, this is a bit sad. And it just improved my parents' memory when I reminded them frequently that when this big present was due, I would do the countdown, the classic countdown. 365 days to go, Mum and Dad. 129 days to go, Mum and Dad. 20 days to go, Mum and Dad. Better have something good. And then you drop hints. You drop hints on what you want. Oh, wouldn't mind an XYGDHO face three falcon, please, Mum and Dad. <laughs> this is when I was eight. Wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind the latest PlayStation, Mum and Dad. Oh, what about that bike over there? That'd be alright for a birthday present, wouldn't it? Stuff like that, just subtle hints. And then as you get older, the presents get more extravagant. I don't know how you can get more extravagant than a Phase 3 GDHO, but something like a, I don't know, SR71, Blackbird, if you've seen one of them, Google it. Worth a look. Um, so you just drop these hints for your birthday. The other thing I enjoyed about my birthday was the attention that you got. Now, it's changed a bit now and the people in the office that I work with, they, they understand that I hate birthdays now and I try and... Alright, side note. Here on the staff at North Pine, they do this birthday thing and it's always awkward. Am I right? Yeah, all the teachers are nodding. Yes, it's not just me. But all the staff are sitting in those bleachers behind you and we have this staff worship. They bring in a bottle of bubbly and they go, it's so-and-so's birthday, let's start singing. And off they go, start singing. And um, I, I just hate birthday celebration. I just hate attention drawn on myself. Go figure. And so I try to avoid it at all costs. For that whole week of my birthday this year, I didn't go to one staff meeting in the morning. I was in my office. I was too busy to go to anything. And then Michelle, our PA, she, um, she's, <laughs> she bakes a cake anytime it's someone's birthday. And I just avoided it all the time. When's your birthday? What's your favourite cake? You just get bombarded with all these questions. And I just avoided it to no end. Oh, sorry, I've got a class to go to. Handy being a chaplain and a teacher. Um, so I hate birthdays now, but back then, the attention that you received, phenomenal. You didn't have to mow the lawn. You didn't have to wash the dishes. Didn't have to do your homework. Didn't have to do all these things. And the focus was on you. Guilty. All good. What's the best present that you've ever gotten? Pause. And put it on pause for a second. Keith, Mr. Poppleton, you come up the front for me, please. Now, many of you don't, didn't know this. Um, I'm just going to get another chair. Many of you didn't know this, but it's quite, it's quite good that this topic... Take a seat, mate. This is the... This is all about attention on you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm di diverging the attention. All right, 
it's Keith's birthday today, so happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Keith, happy birthday to you, hip hip, hip hip, hip hip. No worries. All right, I, I spent a lot of money on that you card. Did, yeah, you've yeah. Man, yeah. Size doesn't count. Can I open it now? Yeah, go for it. All right, while he's doing that, <laughs> he might take a while to find what's actually in there. When I was younger, um, one of the best presents I ever received was um, it was put out by Slashinger. And it was a Don, Donald Bradman cricket bat. It was a, it was a series of cricket bats that um, celebrated the fact that Donald Bradman made all these milestone runs. And in a single test series, he made some phenomenal amount of run, and that was this cricket bat. And so I got, I got given that. Keep digging. And um, he, he released these bats, and I managed to get one of them. And the highlight of my birthday was, how you going? Got you got it? Yeah, yeah, that's it, nice. But there might be a pony in here. No, there's no pony. No pony. Now, is it actually your birthday? No. Oh, I took a stab. <laughs> I looked around and thought, it looks like Keith's birthday today. Monday. It will be Monday. No, one day. Oh, one day, okay. I thought oh, I was on a winner. <laughs> um, so I received this cricket bat. And the, the best thing, the first thing I wanted to do, it's just a little book, thanks for being part of the, the sermon this morning. It's a good read, actually. Yeah, if you want, you can stay there. That's all right, I'll clean it up in a minute. I received this cricket bat. And the first thing I want to do, I woke up at five o'clock in the morning, I unwrapped the cricket bat, knew what it was, but the first thing I wanted to do with the cricket bat was go play with it. Now, my brother, he's anti-cricket. I don't know why, always has been, drove me nuts because I'd be out there with the mower mowing the centre of the grass down <laughs> to make myself a cricket pitch, as you used to do when you were younger, yeah? Absolutely, that's right. It still do. <laughs> no, that's commitment. So I was out there trying to play cricket with myself. Now, that's one of the hardest things you can do. I was, I was always a slow kid and... Um, I'd bowl the ball, try and catch up to it, and yeah, it just never happened. <laughs> so, there I was, out in the backyard, playing with myself, with the cricket bat and ball. And um, finally, five o'clock, Dad comes home. Dad comes home, and it was on. Right, son, we're going up to the cricket nets up the road. We just lived down the road from the... Um, Alexander Hills Muddy's Cricket Club. And so we went up to the nets and there we spent the afternoon and it's earlier in the year so the sun doesn't set quite as late. So we're up there and Dad's helping me knock in the bat with just some throwdowns. And then we kept on playing for a little bit longer and I used to bowl at Dad and Dad used to do the throwdowns to me. And then something else happened and this became sort of a little tradition in our birthday celebrations. And that was, we went up to the local fish and chip shop. We got five bucks worth of chips, two tater scallops, and a two-litre bottle of creaming soda. 
So we had a leader each. <laughs> this is the health message. Um, so there we were. And over those chips and over that cups of creaming soda and the tomato sauce and the litre of oil that was on the chips, Dad and I bonded. Dad and I, we had these moments that every father wishes to have, I guess every father wishes to have with a son. We, we were together. We were one. We both loved the game of cricket. We both loved chips. And we both loved being together at that time. It didn't matter about the cricket bat at that point. It didn't, didn't even register that I had the cricket bat at that point. The focus of my attention had turned on time with my dad. When I was younger, um, I was very, I said I was slow already. I was very creative. I had a creative mind. And um, you know those model kits that you get, they're all plastic and you pop out the little bits and pieces and you glue them together. Well, I was above them. I, I was very creative. And so mum and dad, instead of buying me the press out kits, would buy just hunks of balsa wood. For those of you that don't know what balsa wood is, it's a really light bit of timber. And you used to buy it in packs. And the packs would have multiple different sizes. They'd have hunks of dowel, they'd have squares, cubes, they'd have just sheets of the stuff. And I would design my own aeroplanes. And the thing with balsa wood is you have to cut it out. And to cut it out, you can't just use scissors. You have to use a Stanley knife, which you'd pinch from your dad's toolbox. And so there I was, and I would cut the pieces of my plane out. I'd try and make it as cool as possible, like the SR-71. Google it, it's worth a look. <laughs> and I'd make these jets. They'd look nothing like a jet, but you'd have that moment where mum and dad go, oh, that's great. And you're like, okay. And so if you had anything that resembled a jet, you'd be laughing. You'd, you'd, be, you'd be a king. You'd be a master craftsman if you could get anything that resembled anything, really. And so I did these quite a few times, and I've got scars on my hands to prove it. Every time I did it, I have a new story of how I cut myself. Um, I've got a scar just here on my thumb. Um, when a Stanley knife slips off a bit of balsa wood, it can do some damage. And um, my parents are both nurses. And so they reckoned it didn't need stitches. But she went in a fair way. And um, there's, there's something interesting when a kid whose family are in the medical industry rocks up to them and goes... Um, this is happening. They just sort of look at it and go, ah, oh, you'll be right. <laughs> Whack a bit of duct tape on it, you'll be, you'll be fine. <laughs> and, and so all that blood, sweat and tears went into this model aeroplane or boats or car or whatever I was making. And it was mine. I designed it. I created it. And I would marf ma um, marvel at my master craftsmanship. Similar sort of thing happened in the Garden of Eden. Here we have the picture of, of Jesus when he created the world. Jesus and God together created the world, Father and Son time. And, and here, we have, here we have red dirt, red clay. And you see, them, you see them kneeling down and you see them starting to form 
shapes in the ground. You see them starting to to put a raise here and a a fall there and all of a sudden there's a foot happening. There's gaps in between the toes. There's a kneecap starting to form. As they move up the body, it sort sort of curves and has these natural contours. It keeps on going up. And then the face. The nose ridge gets put in. The nostrils get put in. Ear holes get put in. The delicacy of your ears get put in. And then all of a sudden, it happens. There's a breath. (laughs) There's a breath. And there's a stirring. Wipes away their eyes. Stands up. Helps them up. And there is man. Now, I was proud of my master craftsmanship of of an aeroplane that's made out of balsa wood, but to create man out of dirt. Wow. Wow. And he he didn't take it to use a line from the castle. He didn't take it straight to the pool room so he could admire it every day. He didn't put it on his mantelpiece to admire it every day. The very next thing he did was created a day that he, the Creator, could spend with his creation. The very next thing he did was create a day so that he, the Creator, could spend time with his creation. Um, if the guys up the back are ready, can you please flick it on to Genesis 2, 1, 2 and 3. And this verse, this verse tells us the story again. And it says, So the creation of the heavens and earth and everything in them was completed. And on the seventh day, having finished his task, God rested from all his work and God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because it was a day when he rested from his work of creation. It was a day that he rested from his work that he spent creating. So he set aside this special time. And the, and the text says, and he made it holy. Now if you, look in, if you look in the original translations, it uses the word hagios. And the word hagios is different from rest. It is different from any other use of the word rest. It is uncommon. And he did that. He made this, this term of holy, of, of rest, of setting apart. He did that to spend some father-son time. He did that to spend some father-daughter time. He did that to spend time with you. Just like when my dad and I had chips, creaming soda, with a leather cricket ball and a cricket bat sitting beside us. He did that to have some father-son, father-daughter time with you. Now, Keith, you said your birthday's one day. When is it? 19th of July. Oh, 19th of July. There you go. 19th of July. No excuses, everyone. Um, Dad's birthday is actually the 18th, so it must be a good time of year to be born. But when you, when you celebrate your birthday that isn't on your day, 
How much does it mean? Not a lot. Not a lot. It's just a recognition of what's going on. And, and we have to wait 365 days till the next day. We have to wait 365 days until our birthday comes. And that's when the countdown started that I was talking about before. But the thing about our creator was he wanted it every week. He wanted it seven, every seven days. Bang. Come and spend time with me. We're going to go into the book of Exodus now, which is the next slide. And it, it's an actual commandment. When people talk about the Ten Commandments, when Moses was up on the hill and all this kind of stuff, he gave us the Ten Commandments. And at the start of it, Exodus 28 to 10 says, Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days a week are set apart for your daily duties and regular work, but the seventh day of rest is dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male, your female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. Set aside some special time. Set aside some special time for you. There's a couple of things about, about this. And it's like, and it is, God can see into the future. He knows what life's going to be like. He knows it's going to be nuts. It's going to be psycho. We're going to have, have, and I've talked about this before, you're going to have emails going off in your pocket. You're going to have text messages. You're going to have phone calls. You're going to have your diary just there at the touch of a button. There's going to be so many distractions in life that you're going to distract yourself from that rest time with him. And so he knew all this was, was going to get in the way. He also knew that we'd, we'd take the focus of other people and put it on ourselves. And so we have, we have phrases like first in, first serve. We have early bird gets the room. Look out for number one. Mind your own business. Do unto others as you had them do unto you. Get what you can. Get what you get. And sit on the lid. It's the quick and the dead. He knew this was all going to happen. And so he put in the rules. He created at creation. He did all these things to want to spend time with you to remind us to do it. And that's the first point I want to bring up today. And that this is the only time in the Ten Commandments that Jesus says, God says, remember, dot, dot, dot. It's the only time. Remember. Remember. He wants us to consciously remember. It's kind of cool. Another little interesting fact is that it's almost dead smack bang in the middle of the commandments. Back in the day when kings and, and rulers of lands used to sign off on material, they used to fold it up and then put their stamp on it. They used to fold it up and put a bit of wax and, and push their, their ring into it. And they always did it in the centre of the page because that's where it held together the most. If you think about it and put it in terms of, of remember the Sabbath day, Hold the paper together, it'll hold you together as well. Luke four sixteen. 
says this. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. Here we have, we've, we've covered Old Testament stuff. Now we're going into the New Testament. Here we have Jesus when he was here on earth practicing what he preached. Here we have Jesus here on earth going and doing what he said he was wanting to do. He was wanting to spend time with his father. And so he rocked up to the synagogue on Sabbath and spent time with him reading the scriptures. Reading the scriptures. There's another bloke in the New Testament, Paul. And Paul writes in Acts. Well, this is Luke writing about Paul, sorry. And it says, as Paul, as was Paul's custom, he went in the synagogue service for there, um, for three Sabbaths in a row. He interpreted, interpreted, well, the scriptures for the people. So here we have Jesus doing what he said he was going to do. Here we have Paul, the bloke who wrote most of the New Testament, doing what the Old Testament said to do, spending time with the Father. My last sermon here, when we talked about prayer, we talked about the term Father. We talked about how it's not just an endearing term, it's a term of authority. And we talked about that it's not just a term that you use lightly. I'm going to flick back to the Old Testament for a moment. And there's a bloke called Isaiah. And he says this, As the new heavens and the new, and the new earth that I make will endure before me, so will your name and descendants endure. From one new moon to another, from one Sabbath to another, all mankind will come and bow down before me, says the Lord. What? Sometimes the Old Testament, it's a bit crazy. But what, what Isaiah is saying here, sorry about that, what Isaiah says here is that Sabbath is going to last forever. As long as there's time here on earth, there's always going to be opportunity to have a Sabbath. There's always going to be opportunity for you to connect with the Father. And so Isaiah points forward and says, it's going to happen then as it has happened now. Sarah did an awesome job at the little drama to do a drama by yourself to start with. Don't know how you do that, but she did. And um, we had a process. Excuse me. We had a process that she was all excited about what was going on. She, she had just got the news that this bloke wanted to spend time with her and wanted to treat her right. She just got the news. She was all excited. She was on the phone texting everyone else. And then all of a sudden, the lights went down. Change of the day. She moved on. She started getting ready for a date. She was running late and, and didn't make it on time. Noise starts to come in. She moved on and, and she picked up her cup of coffee. Another, another bit of noise kicks in. Didn't make it to the date once again on time at all. Lights went out again. Came back on. Time to spend with Matt's family. She put on the coat, put on the handbag and decided to go somewhere else. Here we have noise entering into the whole situation between Sarah 
and the new boyfriend. Lights go out. Lights come on. She's sitting here watching TV, watching some program that no bloke knows about. (laughs) I don't know, she suggested it to me the other day and I went, eh? What's that? It's not, it's not sport and it's not supercars. What is it? It's not worth watching. Sorry. Here we have, she sits down to watch her favourite TV show. Noise comes in again. She didn't make it to the date. Finally, she's at the end. And she's totally distracted. Totally distracted from her time with Matt. Totally, totally unfocused on her time with Matt. Noise has got in so loud that it's deafening and can't connect with Matt. Now, when my dad took me out to play cricket, he could have brought me the Phase 3 GTHO. He could have brought me the SR71 and whatever else. But as I said, the connection that Dad and I had during that time was something that I'll always remember. Um, <laughs> we used to go on holidays and um, there was one particular time that we were in, in Victoria and um, we did the high country with my relatives and then we did a bit of tripping around and stuff like that. And we went, on the way down, we went to the Zigzag Railway. Those of you that know where that is, Lithgow, yeah? Um, it's this train that goes up and down the mountain pretty much, but it zigzags because it's so steep. And it was a mining um, train, yeah. And um, so there's a steam train, there's a diesel train, I think that's it. But we, we had tickets to go. We'd pre-ordered them. We were excited. Tim and I were, were off our nuts because we just spent, you know, eight hours in a car type thing and, and we hadn't been running around, didn't bother Tim so much. I was a bit off my tree. And um, we got out of the car and, and we're running up and there's a dirty big closed sign. And, and I was... As I said, I was off my tree, so I had no idea what was going on. And um, mum and dad were upset. And, and I didn't understand why. I was too busy hitting a tree with a stick or something. And um, what had happened was we got caught in the roadworks back up the road a bit. And, and we missed it. We missed the trip on, on the zigzag railway. And besides the money, like it probably wouldn't, I don't know how much it costs to go on the thing, but it would have cost a bit. And, and besides that, mum and dad knew that we were looking forward to it, that Tim and I were looking forward to it. Mum and dad knew that um, from about eight hours ago when we started the drive to the thing, I couldn't shut up about the thing. We're going on a train. Yoo! Can't wait. This is back before there was little TVs and stuff in the cars. And so you'd be yelling out to mum and dad, tree, 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 tree. <laughs> and so you had to detain yourself somehow. 
Or, or there'd be the whole, you're sitting on the back seat of the car and it was an old XD Falcon. And um, sitting on the back of the car and because I was the adventurous one of the two, it's sort of, Tim's over that side, I was always on the passenger side of the car, that's just how it works. And um, you do these ones. <laughs> and, and then you'd, Tim would lean over and go, stop it. And then you'd sit there for a little bit, line, 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 line. Stop it. And then it just erupt. Um, for those of you that have boys, you know what's going to happen. You know, Dad turns around and, if you don't stop, we're going to turn this car around or something like that. And then you'd stop for a little bit and then it'd be on again. Um, but we missed the zigzag railway. That was one of my highlights of the trip. I was so looking forward to it. I just love big engines, big engine stuff, manly sort of things. You get dirty, you get um, grease everywhere, and it's an engine. What can go wrong? You're just in awe. Um, eventually, just to finish off the story for you, eventually when we came back, we called in and they let us on and we got away. And as soon as I walked up and saw the train, I was like, ah, just because I love the idea of the power of a train. But we missed the original date. We missed it. We wanted to see it so badly that it was eating us inside. And for the rest of the trip, I must admit that I did bug my parents about going back there on the way back. Can we go back? Can we go back? Can we go back? Every week, every week, Every Sabbath, I picture God like I was. I picture God in the car that's just been eight hours going, we're going on the train ride, going on the train ride, going on the train ride. But instead of saying that, he's going, I get to spend time with you. I get to spend time with every single person that wants a relationship with me. I get to hang out once a week with you. Awesome. Awesome. Over 2,000 years ago, since Jesus was here on earth doing his thing, over 2,000 years ago that Jesus entered into the synagogue on the Sabbath and chatted to his Father. Over 2,000 years ago, since it all happened, it's a long time ago. Long time ago. I love Sabbath. I love Sabbath. Because I know that every Saturday I can come in, study the Scripture. I can talk about my Saviour. I can hang out with you. I can hang out with my family. I can, I can eat with friends. I can just talk. Or I can just sit down in a kayak out in the middle of Moreton Bay and just chill. Or I can go for a walk up in the bush and feel connected with the guy that created me. Every week we have this opportunity. Every week we can break away from the mundane of our lives. Every week we can switch off our phones if we want to. Every week we can get off Facebook. Every week we can stop Tweeting, tweeting, I keep stuffing it up. What is it? Tweeting. Tweeting, thank you. And 
when I hang out at church, my best memories, and, and Casey is part of these memories. Casey's there if everyone doesn't know who he is. Um, some of my best memories is growing up in church and hanging out with my mates. Hanging out with everyone that I've spent time with. Hanging out with like-minded people that are there to do the same thing as you, that help you build your relationship with him. Help you build your relationship with him. So maybe, maybe when Jesus comes back and we, we go to heaven, maybe every one of you guys can come and have some chips some creaming soda and just chill after we've mucked around with God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you're the smartest guy ever. You've created time way back when, when you knew that we're going to have schedules that don't allow us to do much apart from what's in our diary. You've set aside time that you want to spend with us. And Lord, the least we can do is put everything else aside and spend time with you. Lord, that's my prayer today, is that everyone here in this room and their families and anyone that's with them, Lord, I just pray that we can just pause, be still and know that you are God. Thanks, Lord. Amen.